0: Welcome to all things terror. Welcome to all things terror. This is the podcast where we talk about stories from science and history and current events that uh, are here to terrify you. And we are contractually obligated to mention poop at least once. So, you know. Jennifer, let's crack into some really terrifying shit that is not the shit of eight pets. Instead, let's say that you feel sick. Okay. You have a fever, you've got a headache, maybe some muscle pain. What do you think you might have? Hot-blooded.
1: Did you get in see.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, if you have a fever of 103, listeners, go to the hospital. That's not a fine temperature to have. Um... <laughs>
1: uh, besides hot blooded, um, maybe a flu or... A sure. cold. I was going to say pneumonia is my second guess there.
0: Yeah, fever, headache, muscle pain, just like the malaise of being alive.
1: Oh, okay. Like depression.
0: Depression. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's basically everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you just had a baby. You know, you're going through puberty. Yeah, this is describing everything. Lyme disease. But now, what?
1: Lyme's disease.
0: Oh, Lyme disease. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but now let's add vomiting and a sore throat.
1: Oh, you are
0: definitely a zombie you are a zombie oh my god yeah you could have food poisoning as happened to me at Christmas i think oh family who cursed me
1: yeah especially if it's like bad seafood oh god bad seafood Ugh.
0: um it could be you know a flu kids get sick like this all the time um not influenza but what we call a flu which is just you got poop germs inside of you but yeah, nothing you'd really worry about, right? Maybe strep throat or something. I mean, not with vomiting, but. Oh really? I when I got strep throat, they asked if I had been vomiting, and they said that sometimes people vomit. Maybe I'm making that up. You? I don't your know. Your
1: versions of like illness are weird, though.
0: <laughs> well, I did not throw up, but the doctor was like, sometimes people throw up with strep throat, this, so I don't. Who knows?
1: This is you. It's like, oh, how are you doing? And be like, well. I, Emily, have a terrible cold. I'm like, oh that's terrible. Um how, how have you been feeling aside from that? Be like, well great, except for like the cold has like caused my left butt cheek to like blow up ten times a normal size. I'm like, oh, is that normal? Well, apparently it's a rare side effect and I have it.
0: I mean, everything in my body wants to die and it's just confused that it hasn't happened yet. So it doesn't know what to do. It's like I don't know. Try this, see what happens. (laughs) I thought I I thought I would have been out of here ten years ago, but I'm still going. So who knows?
1: Damn it. Anyways. Yeah. So besides weird side effects.
0: Nothing, nothing too terrible. But now your symptoms have progressed, Jennifer, and you have dizziness. You're drowsy. People are saying you have, and I'm just gonna quote this: altered consciousness. Mm, shit is getting bad. So now these these symptoms, if you're rare and special, so basically if you're me, <laughs> could also develop into respiratory illness like pneumonia. This is atypical, but it could happen. Um, but what's more likely is that you're going to start having seizures, and then within two or four days you're going to go into a coma. Uh, and what it turns out is that this altered consciousness and your seizures are... Resulting from encephalitis, which is basically your brain gets all hot and bothered and swells up.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Swelling, yeah, uh, much like colonialism, is never good. Like, anytime you hear swelling, just, whoop, bad shit's coming up.
1: <laughs> That's like when you look it up in a... What is that website? WebMD.
0: WebMD. It's yeah. like
1: if you put swelling in Bob and everything egg, it's is like cancer. you're probably dying.
0: I mean, swelling is mostly infection or encephalitis something like that or pregnancy and none of those things are good so <laughs> no I mean I'm sure someone's offended that I just described pregnancy as swelling but I'm not wrong
1: <laughs> I mean you do get bigger you do extend
0: a very specific kind of swelling it's... anyway so this this sounds like a pretty old- timey disease right that I'm so fond of all of old-timey diseases, right? We
1: love to talk about old-timey diseases.
0: We do, but this is not an old-timey disease. This is a super new disease that was first noticed in 1999. This is Nipah. Have you heard of this before?
1: Can you say it again, but with, like, more inflection?
0: (laughs) Nipah. (laughs) (laughs) Nipah, N-I-P-A-H.
1: Oh, weird. I have actually not heard Heard of this at all?
0: Yeah, it's well, as I go through the story, maybe you'll understand why you haven't heard of it. Yeah, it had its first outbreak in 1999 in Malaysia. And from 2000 to 2008, there have been cases in Bangladesh. Um, and I first heard about this in a book called A Brief History of Vice by Robert Evans. And he described it as something like it will kill you dead. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've described your symptoms. Your question is, are you going to live? And the answer is eh, maybe the fatality rate for this is 40 to 75%. Jesus. Yeah, it's really high. It depends on how much care you get from doctors. Uh, one of the problems that makes this really difficult is that, like I said, I described, you have a fever, a headache, muscle pain. That could be a lot of things. So people don't check for it. So it's kind of hard to diagnose. And that is what can contribute to that. Um, plus, it's happening in rural areas areas so maybe not access to like medicine and and we'll talk about why that is in a bit but if you do survive um it says that most people who survive having encephalitis make a full recovery but sometimes they have neurological like uh my brain is saying hangovers but that's not the right word effects Mm -hmm. i don't know when you're sick and then you get better but you have something that lingers one of those Anyway, the long term, uh, it says about 20 percent have seizures afterwards or personality changes, which is horrifying, or they relapse. So that's all pretty terrible.
1: Awesome. So even if you get better, you don't get better.
0: Yeah. um, And again, it's really bad if your brain swells. Like if you have encephalitis, you can be really confused or like your brain won't. Your thinking won't function right. When I was going to college, there was a lot of fear over uh, meningitis, which also can cause encephalitis. So dorm life, I guess. Hashtag disgusting dorm life. Um, NEPA comes from the same family of viruses that measles and mumps do. And that's also the same family as distemper in dogs, according to the CDC. And I did not know that they were the same family. So those viruses are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are all really bad diseases.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's very accurate. I don't know what to say. Like, yes, those diseases are all assholes. Yeah,
0: yeah. we could frat go on brothers. and on about <laughs> frat brothers, yeah. They're, they're not the nice frat brothers who, like, help people move into the dorms and do charity work. They're, like, the rapey frat brothers. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> just, just like... Hashtag classy. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had the audacity to touch one of my cat's rue, and now she has placed her claws in my sweater and is not letting go. She's like, listen here, bitch. You don't get to touch me with your elbow. So, Nipah, like I said, first case was in 1999. It can barely vote. It's not new. So where did it come from? It comes from animals. So um, pigs, sheep, horses, goats, cats and dogs have all um, had it. It is really contagious from pig to pig, but it's also considered a zoonotic disease, which means that it can pass between humans and animals. And any disease that can live in multiple animals is really, really scary because one, that makes it really hard to eradicate, right? Like if all people got rid of Nipah or the flu or Ebola or AIDS, well, that virus could still live in, in animals. Yep. And two, it means that there are a lot of hosts and each animal has a different kind of immune system. So this virus can mutate really quickly, which means that it's really hard to fight. And it's also really adaptable if it can live in a bunch of different animals.
1: And three, that makes your cat your enemy.
0: (laughs) Your cat, your pig, your dog, your sheep, your horse, and your goat are all your enemy now. (laughs) My cat is my enemy now. She's crunching on newspaper. You're not really my enemy, Rue. You're my boss.
1: Don't be a butthole.
0: Yeah. Rue's... I am Rue's minion. Anyway. And actually, the number one enemy is pigs. This is really, really contagious in pigs. Um, And actually, um, the 1918 flu, they think, originated on a pig farm in Kansas. So if pigs start getting really sick, we need to worry.
1: I mean, that's already happened, but...
0: I mean, listen, if you're like, I have a bunker, when do I go into it? When they start saying, like, all pigs around the world are dying of a disease. That's when you go in your bunker, listeners.
1: Speaking of which, do you have a bunker, Emily?
0: No, but I'm going to tell you, like, whenever zombie apocalypses or anything come up in... My class, I tell my students this and I'm going to tell you this. And I want listeners to think of this, too, because our listeners are people who should survive any sort of apocalypse situation. If the shit hits the fan and people are starting to like loot for survival, what you want to get are antibiotics and bleach, because with a very, very, very small amount of bleach, you can purify water so you can drink And if you've learned nothing else from this podcast, you've learned that I am very horrified of diseases. And in the event of an infrastructure breakdown, almost everyone's going to die of some disease. And there's a lot of waterborne diseases. So you don't want to diarrhea yourself to death. So, like, you know, get a little bit of bleach, get some antibiotics. You can figure out food later, I promise. But if you can't purify water or you can't, like, bring a fever down, you're fucked. So,
1: you also want to add some Benadryl to that list and Tylenol.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably there's some podcast in the future of like aspirin being widely used to bring fevers down, but yeah, those those are going to be really important in the event of of society collapsing. So, all this is to say, this did not happen in Malaysia in 1999. <laughs> so, What happened, and this first case, it broke out in a place called Sungai Nipah, which is in Malaysia, and that's where this name comes from. And it was mostly pig farmers. um, And this disease, again, is really contagious from pig to pig. And so a lot of pig farmers had this breakout of encephalitis. And it said there were nearly 300 human cases with over 100 deaths, which is bad. That's like one in three chance that you're going to die. That's 1918 flu levels. Um, And in order to stop this outbreak, more than a million pigs were killed, um, which was insane. This is a lot of pigs. And Malaysia also, this was like a big economic hit for them, apparently. And what they think happened is that the incubation period for this lasts from four to 14 days, which is kind of insane. So incubation is when you have the virus and it's active, but you don't feel sick yet. So... You can have this virus and you're going to go about your life from four to 14 days. You're you're going to, like, let's say you go to work, you go to a movie, you walk through a grocery store. Well, you could have potentially infected all of those people that you come in contact with. And this is one of the problems with influenza is because you're you're very contagious before you feel sick. And NEPA is insane because one incubation period, I saw one source that said there's Possibility, there was one case where they said the incubation period was as long as 45 days. Jesus. Which is, yeah. So you are contagious for that long without feeling sick. This is one reason why vaccines are really important. You can have a virus or bacterial infection and not feel sick. Science is weird. I don't understand why that happens. But anyway, um so these pig farmers are working with their pigs, and the pigs are really infectious, and they don't know that, and they have contact with the sick pigs. Mostly the pig poop, not going to lie, that's what my sources said. This is not coming from me, this is coming from science. And that's how they got Nipah, which then then when I'm sick, I can pass it on to other humans. So it's very uh, easy to transmit. This gets solved in Malaysia, and then weirdly, there have been no other outbreaks in Malaysia or Singapore since then. However, from 2001 to 2008, there have been breakouts in Bangladesh And it says that about half of those cases were human to human. And and a lot of them are from people providing care to infected patients, which is also a lot of the Ebola cases a couple years ago were like, I cared for someone with Ebola and that's how I got it. I said that it's 40 to 75 percent fatality rate. And that does seem to be like if you go to the hospital or not. Um, again, if you have a high fever or, like, suddenly your brain's not working, that's that's hospital time, listeners. Hashtag hospital time. But there's really no treatment. Like I said, it's not suspected at the beginning, so it's not diagnosed easily. There are a couple drugs that they have tried, and they're like, maybe it works, but it's pretty inconclusive. So that's, that's all. That's hopeful. I know. I know, right? They're like, eh. Nah. Put this in your body. See what happens. So, Jennifer, this is all quite terrifying, right? Yes. And getting something from a domestic animal, from your pet or your car, if it's a horse, right, you're riding it around, is not good. But I've left out where this actually originates from, where this virus really comes from, and that's bats.
1: What? I love bats.
0: I know. This is... Bear with me. Now, Jennifer... You might be thinking, what is going on? How do you get from, how do you get a disease from bats, right? I've never seen a bat before. Well, I have seen bats before and you probably have because you live in Austin and there's that bridge that's like full of them and everybody loves bats in Austin.
1: I have to tell you my bat story because I used to play with bats a lot. You know, there's a lot of them in Greensboro.
0: In fact, I did not know that.
1: The baseball team used to be the Greensboro bats.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I like that. So anyways, bat stories. Bats are cool. I do have bat stories. But if you're like, I have never touched a bat because it is flying through the air and it's nighttime, how do you get a disease? Well, um, this is actually really interesting. So there's this thing called palm syrup, and it's syrup that comes out of a tree, and it's apparently delicious and gets turned into wine or alcohol or something. And what people in places like Bangladesh do is they tap a tree and they put a little bucket under it and they leave it until it's filled with syrup, um, which is basically exactly what I picture Canada being, except this is in warm climates and Canada, it's like a burly, handsome man with an ax and a hat with ear flaps who's doing it, (laughs) right? Maple syrup. This is 100% of what's happening all over Canada all the time, right?
1: Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, so apparently no. no one offended
1: by that at all.
0: No, it's just like, well, listen, we're Americans, so our stereotype is like, guns, french fries, like, pew, 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 we hate people that aren't white, and the stereotype of Canada is like, delicious syrup, and they're polite. I would love if that was my national stereotype instead of like, fried chicken, I'm wearing a shirt with my belly hanging out, guns, pew, pew, pew. FYI. I did eat french fries yesterday, just for a record. I haven't eaten french fries in a number of days. I have a fr- I don't know who you are. I have a french fry deficiency. I'm American. This is a problem. I'm not getting my vitamin F. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I'm having pizza for dinner, though, so that's okay. <laughs> anyway, so you leave the bucket there to get the syrup, and you're like, what am I, a chump? I'm just going back to my house. And bats come out at night and are like, I have a high metabolism. I must eat constantly. I'm starving. Oh, my God. Syrup. And they sit down to slurp it and they leave backwash. And that's how people get Nipah from bats. What? No. Now, you may be asking this question that I asked, which is how do like pigs or horses get it from bats? And the answer is I have no fucking clue. Uh, I did not see any explanation of that in any of my research, and so I just assume that all animals hang out at night when humans are asleep, like Charlotte's Web style, and chat and make out and share drinks, and that's how the horses and pigs get it. Probably. Or, I've seen some scary pigs, maybe the pigs are eating bats, I don't know.
1: Probably that too.
0: (laughs) But, um, bats, if you're like, fuck bats, Nipah is scary. But bats are really cool and interesting. So um, apparently they can host 60 zoonotic diseases, which means that they have 60 diseases inside of them that doesn't make them sick, but that can jump to other animals, which is insane. That's a, I don't know if it's the highest, but it's one of the highest like reservoir zoonotic diseases thing And the article that I read that in was said was saying that that's more than rats and rats can host a lot of diseases. So like bats and rats are both animals that people are afraid of and are like, you don't interact with them. They're icky. And traditionally, right, they've been considered kind of evil, scary animals that you don't want around, even though they really aren't. And so I wonder if on some level it's because of this, that they do carry a lot of diseases that humans can get. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's interesting. So if you're like, fuck bats, they're scary. I don't, they're not scary, but perhaps you think they're scary and you're like, now they're full of diseases. Well, I want to switch away from Nipah for a second and talk about something else. And this something else is called white nose syndrome. And this is something that humans give to bats.
1: Oh no. Okay. Have you heard of this? Yes.
0: Yeah. So white nose syndrome is a fungus. I figured you might, you probably heard about it living in Austin. And it's called white nose syndrome because the fungus will actually grow around the bats' little muzzles and their wings. And what this fungus does, it likes cold. And bats, in the winter, when it's cold, they hibernate. And so when animals hibernate, they basically put their metabolic rate really low and they lower their body temperature. And so what white nose syndrome does is it makes the bats more sensitive to warm temperatures and they wake up. And so they come out of hibernation more often, kind of like me when I sleep before I stop drinking for a month. (laughs) (laughs) And what that does, you think, okay, well, they're awake, who cares? But what it does is it boosts up their uh, metabolism and they use up all of their reserves. And so they start starving before spring arrives. And so it's really sad because it says that it'll be visible in the bats. So they basically have life-threatening physical function changes. They have dehydration. Their bodies are starting to freak out. They use energy twice as fast as healthy bats. So it's really a terrible, it would be a very uh, bad way to die. Like your body is basically like starving and working overtime and eating itself. And it's really, really bad. It's all over the eastern United States and Canada. And the fatality rate of white-nose syndrome, do you want to guess?
1: Uh, it's extremely high.
0: About 100%. Yep. Yeah. Since So it's actually, they call it 100% since so 2006, which has amounted to 6 million bats dying. And this is 6 million bats of seven species in the United States and Canada Two are less susceptible than others, which is kind of interesting, but the other five are very susceptible. And these are the type of bats that live in caves, which I just assumed was most, but not all, um, because I did not realize this until I started doing this episode, but there are approximately a billion different species of bats, and they live all over the world except Antarctica. Did you know that? Yes. I did know
1: that they didn't live in Antarctica, but... (laughs)
0: fuck you <laughs> but did you know that who actually does live in antarctica <laughs> mythical creatures i believe that's all i well, i don't know penguins and a few human scientists yeah a few human scientists who have to like perform surgery on themselves and a yeti and some dragons probably fish by the water i bet there are uh, water fish by antarctica <laughs> As opposed to land fish. Mm-hmm. Lampreys, hello. <laughs> I hate myself so much for the hello, but I'm not going to take it back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so actually there are only 1,300 species worldwide, not a billion, but that's basically a billion. See? Bad at math. Most of this is in Arkansas, seems to be a real hotbed of white-nose syndrome, which... I mean, it makes sense, like, Arkansas is right around, like, the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Appalachia Mountains, and those are full of caves, right, um, and creepy things. I'm afraid of the Appalachia Mountains.
1: Especially creepy things.
0: Yeah, very full of creepy things. We should have an episode of, like, Appalachia's, like, creatures. It's a creepy place. Anyway. Uh, plus, it's warm, and so there's like 500 billion goddamn bugs who scream every night forever, and so it would make sense that there are a lot of bats. And actually, uh, they are considering putting two of the bats uh, species on the endangered species list because of white-nose syndrome. In 2017, they found a bat in Oregon that had it, and you know how I said it infects bats when they are hibernating? Yeah. Well, there's bats have two kinds of, um, hibernation strategies and they call it, um, gregarious or not, which is adorable. Um, but basically gregarious bat species will like cluster together in groups to like snuggle as they hibernate and non-gregarious ones will like hibernate separately because they're introverts. And... (laughs) what happens is that the gregarious species will spread the white nose syndrome because they're all really close together which is sad they spread it to their friends but i did see and here's a little silver lining that's really interesting if you like science i saw a uh i believe national science foundation article or it might be a science i'm not science the magazine not science in general but There was a study that showed that because of white nose syndrome, they're starting to see the difference in bat behavior. One of the species that's really affected um, is called the little brown bat, which is so cute. That's its actual name, little brown bat. And it's one of the ones that like snuggles together when it hibernates. But recently, colonies of little brown bats have become, quote, less gregarious, going from a species that tended to hibernate in dense clusters to one that now tends to hibernate singly, end quote. So the idea is that the bats are changing their behavior and that might say, quote, thereby saving themselves from extinction.
1: Oh, little bats.
0: Little brown bats. And then there's the Indiana bat who is like, fuck you, I'm going to be gregarious and cuddle with my buddies. And it says, quote, is this the Indiana brown bat is, quote, continuing to hibernate in dense clusters and will therefore probably go extinct.
1: And then also probably made like a couple of movies that people like. But then like the last one, the end, like the story of the Indiana brown bat, people were mostly disappointed because it had aliens in it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's sad. And you may be wondering, though, how is this something that humans give to bats? Because I haven't explained that yet. Um, And this is really interesting to me. There is a very similar virus. It says a similar virus, but that's not correct. So I think maybe I wrote virus, because this is a fungus, remember? So there's a similar um, disease, I guess, in Europe, but it's not as deadly. And they think that it crossed the ocean by getting on a human. And so because it's a fungus, what happens? Let's say you go in a cave where there's white nose syndrome. Fungus spores can get on your shoes, your clothes, your dog. One article pointed this out, right? People go in caves with their pets. And so if a human goes in a cave and you get spores all over your shoes... And then you you shower, you go home, but then you go into a different cave with the same shoes. Whoops, you could have just killed a million bats. So that's how humans spread it.
1: So moral of the story is, is wash your shoes before you go
0: yeah. into a cave. That's a really big thing. They say, make sure that if you are a cave person, you're disinfecting all of your stuff. Disinfect your dog <laughs> every time you come out. And also the Forest Service has closed caves and quote mine shafts where bats live so that people don't get it. And one, I will say, as someone who grew up in an area with a lot of abandoned mines, you never, ever, 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 ever fucking go in an abandoned mine shaft, first of all. But second of all, like, there are a lot of reasons why if you're hiking, you need to stay on the trail, because anytime you go off trail, you are impacting the habitat of animals. And I get it. It's awesome. It's awesome. I went hiking with this person I was dating many years ago, and we, like, found this waterfall and this place in the rocks where we could jump from, like, 50 feet down into water. Like, it was cool, but it's bad. So stay on the trail. Don't go in caves where they say not to go. Disinfect your Don't shit. Don't jump
1: into waterf-
0: waterfalls. I mean, do if you have the opportunity. It was really cool. But, yeah. And if you hate the environment or you think bats are creepy, well, first off, they eat a lot of fucking bugs. Uh, And one of the first bugs that they eat a lot of is mosquitoes, which in addition to their bites being annoying, if we're talking about the number one killer of humans, it's absolutely mosquitoes. They have so many terrible diseases that they give people and it's very good that bats eat them. And they're not as cute as bats, just saying. No, they're absolutely not. The bats are also pollinators, which is really, really good. Um, If you're like, I'm worried about bees. Well, bats are also pollinators. So that's how we get food. And Science, which is a big peer-reviewed journal, they did a study in 2011 that looked at what the environmental impact is of bats. And they they said that um, it reduces the pesticide bill of the agriculture industry in the United States by roughly $22.9 billion dollars per year which is astronomical so bats are really 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 important so don't kill them with your shoes Stop killing bats uh, yes and your dog and your dog disinfect your dog hashtag disinfect your dog it will also probably make your dog not smell bad which is nice and another reason that uh bats are good and this is particularly all things terror-ish, their poop When they come into the cave and then poop in the cave, (laughs) uh, that brings nutrients into the cave for other animals. So, hashtag ecosystem, (laughs) y'all. Of of
1: course. Of course we got some more. We got guano in there.
0: We got guano. And also, if you are very moved by this, as one should be, um, I found a charity called BatCon which sounds like it would be a convention for Batman fans, but it's not. It's for (laughs) bat conservation. And I look them up, and they get an A-minus or a B-plus on charity watchdog sites, which is pretty good. And they have a really charming website that's like, why bats? And your options are, bats are important, threatened, misunderstood, everywhere, or cool. And then you can click on them and learn more things about bats. But anyway, I was on my period when I was doing this, and I was like really sad about all these bats dying, so I became a member of BatCon. <laughs> and I get a newsletter about bats now, and I got, I will be getting, I believe, two uh, enamel pins of bats. Um, and I'll give you one as a friendship pin. But yeah, you can check them out if, if you're interested in helping to conserve bats.
1: I I really enjoy that... One of the options is bats are cool. I do too.
0: It was was delightful.
1: Two, we're going to talk about this in a future date. Ooh la la. About how women are always leading the conservation movement. And I'm glad to hear that your period was part of that decision.
0: Yeah, it was really funny. I was at work and I was in my office on my computer and a colleague of mine walked by and was like, oh, do you have a second? And I was like... I looked up from the computer and I, I just said, yes. And she's like, I don't want to bother you. And I was like, I'm literally reading a page right now that says bats are cool. And she, she laughed and she was like, bats are cool. And then she like was like, anyway, here's the thing I really need to talk about. And I was like, yeah. So anyway.
1: But really, all you could think about is how bats were cool.
0: Bats are cool. When I, again, so many stories about me running in New Mexico, but when I was in New Mexico and I would go running through the pecan orchards and it would be, it would be dark because you have to wait for it to be dark so that it's not a thousand degrees. And a lot of times there would be bats overhead. And because I had a little, I had a little headlamp so I could see, you know, I'm running in the middle of nowhere. And so bugs would follow the light and then bats would fly overhead and I could like So I'd be running and I would have bats like escorting me overhead, eating the bugs and like you'd hear their little squeaks. And it was really, really, really cool. They're just they're amazing. Like seeing them fly is is interesting. And actually, from a scientific viewpoint, I was reading something that said that scientists like to study the way that they fly because they they're one of the only animals that flies through their own like, body power, like, birds will, like, use physics of wind to fly, like, airplanes, and bats, like, basically swim through the air. So they're really unique in that sense, I guess.
1: There's this, like, little shitty pond thing near where I work, and you're probably tired of this story, (laughs) but I wake up at four o'clock in the morning... To go work out. I
0: bet I'm not as tired of that story as you are tired of wor- waking <laughs> up that early.
1: Oh my god, I wish I never had to see four o'clock in the morning again. But I wake up at four yeah. to go work out. And then when I'm done working out, I finish my workout with an active recovery period, so I just walk. Yeah. And I walk about three miles, and I walk around. I end up eventually going past this pond, and there's a certain time in the morning where you can see little bats fluttering around the pond.
0: Oh, that sounds like such a nice way to like cool down from a workout.
1: Yeah, I like to go watch them.
0: Yeah. I recently was running on an indoor track and watched someone like watch people play a volleyball game and it was nowhere near as exciting as uh watching bats. <laughs> but maybe oh, there you go. maybe one of the volleyball teams was named the Colorado Bats.
1: <laughs> Is it the same, Emily? Is it the same? No. They don't have little wings.
0: But anyway, we're pro-science, we're pro-bath. Basically, this episode boils down to wash your hands and wash your dog. (laughs) And your shoes.
1: People should wash their shoes anyways.
0: Absolutely. I hardcore agree with that. Just get a little spray bottle, guys, and spray your shoes with something.
1: Vinegar is a great deodorizer and it kills bacteria.
0: Yeah, now that we've officially made ourselves sound like crazy people, go get your spray bottle of vinegar and we'll terrify you next week. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint, and unlike bats, he's a real monster. Our intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Tell us some animal facts. Tell us some bat facts. Tell us how much you love us. And goodbye forever. jennifer hi emily how's it going it's good it's good um it's sunday so i've barely put a bra on um (laughs) that's that is a somehow go ahead
1: i was gonna say that's a very sunday thing to do a very sunday decision it's like do i put on real clothes if i do put on clothes (sighs) does the bra also go on
0: Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. The only reason why there is a bra on is because I knew that I was talking to you today. Not that I need a bra on to talk to you, but because I thought there might be some boob sweat involved and that, you know, it seemed to be professional to be preventing boob sweat before you podcast. Uh, and as we've discussed before, boob sweat is terrible, um, and should be more of a national discussion, frankly.
1: I was really hoping you're gonna say, "Well, I put on a bra because I knew I was gonna be talking to you today." And like, even though we wouldn't see each other, I still felt like I needed to be halfway <laughs> presentable.
0: <laughs> you could just hear it. Like, we start recording, you're like, "You're not wearing a bra, are you, Emily?" God damn it! Have you, made, Take this have you seriously. even brushed your teeth?
1: Have you brushed your teeth today?
0: Yes, but I had to think about it. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me, but probably nothing good. <laughs> it's true. You can, you can
1: uh just. There's like this sense that's built in, where you can like feel someone else's like state of grooming.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's actually how you know that we're we're truly bonded as podcast hosts.
1: Well. If it makes you feel any better, I'm still working wearing my workout clothes
0: from this morning. I understand that though, because workout clothes are comfortable. Like that's actually one of the reasons why I motivate myself to wear workout or to work out is like, yeah, but you get to wear those shorts that are really comfortable. For one whole hour, <laughs> it's
1: just pure comfort and also some sweating.
0: Yeah. Uh when I was running in New Mexico, um, and I'd run like seven miles or 10 miles, like really long distances. In addition to boob sweat, you would get ass crack sweat. And that is like the worst feeling. Like I have not shit my pants, that's just like sweat. But I have a pair of shorts that's really comfortable and I wore those a lot and I love the shorts, but every time I put them on, I have a little memory of being like, I've sweat a lot in these things.
1: When you uh when you took Snoop for a run, how far did you run with him?
0: I feel like it was not very long with that and so not very long in those days was probably like 3 miles. And he possibly less. And he
1: stopped and took a giant shit in the middle of your run.
0: Did he? I don't remember that. No, I remember this. Listen, I've had to stop in the middle of my runs to take giant shits before, so...
1: I just remember you're like, oh yeah, and he he took a shit, but I didn't clean it up. I was like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're like, run away,
1: run away! (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it's not like there's really any reason to clean it up out there. He was just basically crapping in a litter box, so...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was he was fertilizing some, like, wild aloe or something that's like, ah, moisture. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so here's my story about uh, dog poop. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome to all things terror. Welcome to all things terror. This is the podcast where we talk about stories from science and history and... Current events that uh, are here to terrify you, and we are contractually obligated to mention poop at least once. So, you know, at least so scavenger far. hunt your ears. Yeah, so far. I mean, when the big poop industry stops sponsoring us, we'll stop name dropping them. But
1: I know where else? Where else are we going to get the pennies that we make?
0: Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, big big poop doesn't pay well. Kids stay in school.
1: I mean, um, so time out. Just what is the big poop industry? Is that, I mean, so <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the first thing that my brain went to is diapers, but
0: uh, to- toilet paper conglomerates, sure, sure. Yeah. And
1: then the uh...
0: honestly, I was picturing like pharmaceutical companies that make both Imodium and whatever the opposite of Imodium is. I don't know what that is because. <laughs> I don't ever have to get it going, I just have to make it stop. <laughs> um, but someone knows. Well lax Oh yeah. That's ex-lax. what I was thinking of. Well I was gonna say the Yeah, those X lax billionaires.
1: I was gonna say the other thing maybe is like you know, the manure industry, but that ends up oh, mostly Just like in,
0: sitting in fields covered with tarps and tires.
1: Yeah, and, and also like in um You know, potting soil. There's a lot of poop that goes in the Yeah. Well, there we go. We got it out of the way. I'm proud of us.
0: Blowing the lid off this conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why this is a conspiracy. So, Um, Emily. Jennifer. I
1: need you to know that I am drinking a dessert wine that is from France that, in my current state, I cannot for the life of me pronounce.
0: Well, you are fancy as fuck, so it's, you know, fancy as fuck, vino, ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Every- I-
1: If we had any French listeners, they are just done.
0: (laughs) Well, I- I don't- I studied Spanish, I still study Spanish. French is like a witchcraft language to me. Like, what is this ex doing in the middle of things?
1: Well- the other thing I was gonna point out is that my dessert wine is sitting right next to a Topo Chico.
0: Oh I feel like I love you Topo just a
1: picture of this. So there you go.
0: Thank you. I am drinking some soda stream water because I'm doing a month of not drinking alcohol and so far I've made it seventeen days, so And why don't Huzzah. you
1: tell everybody what the biggest benefit has been so far? <laughs>
0: I know I wish I could say that like I've seen people who are like I stopped drinking and my skin got better I've lost 20 pounds but I mean none of that has happened to me the only thing that's happened is that I'm sleeping better um which for someone who has never slept well and like talks in her sleep and I just assumed I was a poor sleeper but I'm sleeping like all the way through the night every night so that's very impressive to me um and maybe I have not been a poor sleeper, but have just been drinking since I was a teenager. So
1: I found I found that very interesting because it's like, well, I guess it can I do know that alcohol messes with your sleep cycle. And also,
0: yeah, but but yeah, most of the time people are like, Oh, I had two glasses of wine, I am sleepy, you know?
1: Yep. It makes you feel tired, but it doesn't mean that you get like very restful sleep.
0: Yeah, I mean alcohol is basically like very intense sugar so I'm guessing that like for most of my life also I want to clarify it's not like I'm drinking every day but uh I'm guessing that my body was just like oh we're processing sugar wake up and I was like what why um (laughs) and now it has not as much sugar and it's just like all right well we're full of cheese time to sleep forever okay oh god I want cheese right now when when does one of us not want cheese? I
1: know, it's really bad. What?
0: It's There's a universal constant that one of us is desiring or eating cheese at any point.
1: <laughs> so listen, when we do get married, because remember, you did lose a bet.
0: Yeah, and my dad has said that he would like us to get married. Um, so <clears throat> we have my father's blessing. Oh, wait, you have no, my don't father's blessing for Emily, my hand in marriage.
1: Emily's dad. I ask you, through this slightly public form, for your blessing for me to have Emily's hand in marriage, which she owes me anyways because she lost a bet.
0: Yeah, you've already won me. (laughs) I am am your property. That's how marriage works, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: I was going to say, though, when we do get married, um, I vote that we have not a cheesecake in the sense of the delicious treat
0: but new york treat a, yes, yeah
1: but a cake like made of a, cheese of some type like a tower of various cheeses yes that's what i want
0: yeah i'm okay with that well i'm glad we agree because it's gonna happen all right <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> i'm like crying at the table like now i'm for property and you're like shut up and eat cheese
1: like <laughs> but, you, but you like cheese and you're like yeah i guess it's okay Yes,
0: it's okay. I have to live in your house now and you're like, Yes.
1: But like, no, not really. You can stay oh. in Colorado okay. if you want.
0: I mean, either way, there are gonna be a lot of pets, so I guess I'm okay with all of this.
1: Oh god, yes. If our if we combined our pet power it'd be ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so many pets. Uh <laughs> anyway, Emily. Do you have a story to yeah. tell me? Yeah, sorry. I was just picturing a house with six cats and two dogs, and uh, basically everything's on fire. <laughs>
1: That's about right. So It's hairy uh, and it's on fire.
0: It's hairy and it's on fire, and th- like every foot that you walk through has a different smell. Like, oh, this, this smells fine. And then you go another foot, and you're like, this smells like bleach. And you're like, oh god, this part... This part smells like something covering up the smell of vomit, and then, oh, this part smells fine, and it's like, oh, nope, shit smell.
1: Yeah, that's or you're what it would Standing be like. in a place that sounds, or sounds, that smells fine, and then you're like, okay, hold on, who just took a shit? Who did it?
0: Right. Where is it? Was that a shit or a fart? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, Clint, perhaps you love this beginning. I love this beginning. Listeners, tell us if you think Clint should cut all this crap out or not. Uh, But, Jennifer, let's crack into some really terrifying shit that is not the shit of eight pets. Instead, let's say that you feel sick.